Hi guys, my name is Rich. In today's episode, I'm speaking with my student, Lena. She has recently moved to the US after completing the TOEFL exam. If you are doing the TOEFL exam and you want some help, please go to lovetolearnenglish.com. I'm actually a TOEFL expert and you can book a free 30-minute trial class there. In the class, we can talk about your goals and make a plan to achieve them. In today's episode, at the end, we also talk about some common American idioms. Hey, Lena, how are you? Hey, Richard, I'm doing all right. How about you? I'm very good, too. So it's great to speak with you today. Um, and I'm really interested to hear how life is in the U.S. for you. Right. It will be a pleasure to share that with you. So what is life like in the U.S. at the moment? Are you enjoying it? Oh, yes, definitely. I'm, I'm great, grateful for the opportunity. And, you know, the U.S. is a huge country and it has many realities in it. But we are very happy to be here in the South. We are center South in Texas. And it's it's simply yeah, very, very good. Uh, people are lovely and we are actually just to to let you know, we are in Houston, Texas, and uh, it's it's the most international city in the US. I've re recently found about it and uh, maybe because of the medical center, which is the largest in the country. And also because the oil and gas business, which is the main thing here, like economically. So there are people from the whole world, which is amazing, which is very good. And tell us a bit about where you're originally from then. All right. So I am from, the, from Brazil, from the north of Brazil. I was born and raised there. I spent a couple of a couple of years in in a city close to Sao Paulo. It's called Campinas. Mm -hmm. But um, so my husband is in the medical field, and he had a, an opportunity to move to to the U.S. in order to improve his trainings. So he's doing a fellowship here, and this is the reason why we we came to Houston. Uh, so you came just. Um as a result of your, your husband's career, but I'm guessing you always had some ambition to live in the U.S. Did you always think about living in the U.S.? Uh, to be honest no. with you, <laughs> me, myself, no. Uh, like my family is all there in Brazil, in the north of the country, yeah. and coming to the U.S., it was a, a huge surprise for me. I was, very, I was fine in my career. Um, um, I'm a lawyer, and I was working for a governmental uh, agency in Brazil, and I was really fine. But then a few years ago, I would say like five, six years ago, my husband came and had like a, an observer fellowship here in MD Anderson. Uh, so he was completely, you know, he f fell in love with it. It's like it's another world another structure and the possibilities, the chance that you have to offer to your patients, it's something else. So he, from that moment on, 
like the idea of coming to the US never left his mind. And I was so resistant about it. But then, you know, life has many yeah. surprises and brought us here. And thanks be to God, we're, we're very happy to be here. So I'm interested to hear a bit about your journey then to the US. So how did you get to go, right? Because you have to go through a process, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. So it's not easy coming here, especially, you know, every ca case is a different one. Every sure. Everybody has its their own uh, realities. But in our case, like he had a um, postdoctor of position offered to him in order to come to, to this specifically to this hospital yeah and then the funds wouldn't come in a year and he had this offer and we were ready to come we are selling our furniture our stuff and then the funds didn't come and then we had to wait until the next year so he had the position offered the documents were sent from here to brazil and from this moment on, it was kind of simple. We just got the documents. We scheduled a moment to go to the embassy. Then, I, I'm sorry, I would say the consulate. And then we just showed it because it, it was everything was set. You know, mm -hmm. even his salary, his, everything was set. Oh, so we came in a J visa for purposes of work and study. Yeah. He's J1, I am a J2, uh, and that was it. Can you just like, explain, so what's the difference between uh, J1 and J2? Because I'm sure some people will be interested. Oh, yeah, sure, definitely. So the J1 is the main visa. Yeah. Uh, the visa that is coming for this specific purpose, which is mm -hmm. working here or, or doing like research or some kind of study. Yes. Yeah. So, and then I am a J2 because I come, like my visa comes from, from his. So yeah. it's, a, it's a family, a family visa. Like uh, imagine if we had kids, who, they would have a visa as well coming from the main one. Sure. Okay. Um, so that's how that works. Um, so as part of this process, you also had to take a test, right? The T-O-E-F-L or TOEFL test, correct? Oh, correct, yes. But uh, the TOEFL test happened later on. Like we came here, we got adapted. I was coming back and forth. I was, I had, as I mentioned before, I had my job yeah. in Brazil. So um, something happened. And of course, as a couple, we wanted to, to be together. So I came definitely last year. And so I was figuring out like, I'm still young. I, I have so many things to develop. So I want to persuade a career here pursue. as well. Pursue. Pursue, yeah, mm -hmm. good, good to know, pursue. So in order uh, for me to get my, to have my master here, a master in law, which is called LLM, which is a master, something in latin it's a master degree in law yeah uh, i need to have i i needed to take the toefl test in um, in a grade above 100 
So it happened last year. I started having classes with you. Yes, you did. You're a very good student. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Actually, no, thank you. Um, so I'm, there's a lot of students who will be listening to this that will be doing the TOEFL test. So obviously you had classes with me, but I'm sure they'll be interested to know how you studied for it um, and what, what you found difficult, what you found easy. What was your experience with TOEFL? All right. That's a lot of questions, maybe. <laughs> no, I know, I know, but it's also interesting to know. I would love to hear that before going through the process. Mm -hmm. I'm glad I had you to guide me through it. But anyways, the TOEFL test is it's a, it's a hard test. And the first tip I'll give you um, is to try to get immersed in the, in, in the culture in in the society try to not isolate yourself try to you know like i didn't have a permission of work which is called a work permit here so i couldn't work and then i was oh my god like it's easy for you to be you know by yourself or speaking in portuguese with your family in brazil or your friends but no we you you definitely need to avoid it so i started yeah. um doing voluntary job jobs here which they, they they give you many credits for that it's part of their culture so um then after beginning our sections of um for TOEFL I just you know I just got some of the books the resources that you sent to me you sent me and I I was reading I was going through it and I was trying to practice as much as I could with native Native people like uh, trying to speak English with them or with my friends, whoever I would meet on the streets, on the market, whatever, I'll try, I'll do my best to communicate and, you know, to, to learn, to, to get the best experience as I could here. Yeah. Um, I, I just want to talk about maybe two of those books because uh, some people might be interested to know what they are. So, I will put some links for these books um, in the description of this podcast. But the two books that you used in particular were Cracking the TOEFL. And there was another one, 400 Words for TOEFL as well. So I'll, link, link, I'll put a link for those two in the description here. Um, so going back to the TOEFL then, was there anything in particular that you wished you that you wish you had done differently? Uh, well, my TOEFL test was a kind of surprise. It was scheduled for for one day, and then it it happened another day because of a storm that was coming. So I was so much in a pressure that it had to work out; otherwise, I would miss a year. So. Uh, what I have done, I would, I would have done differently. I would try to write more, to have more um, opportunities to do the essays and, you know, get it uh, corrected yeah. because it's, it's so, it's a valuable tool. It's so, so important. And, you know, all the skills that you need to do the TOEFL test, you're going to develop 
in a in a while and it comes naturally but you have to force your, yourself yeah it takes a long time right yes um, yes it's not from one day to the other yeah the the general skill stuff like the general your general english level that takes takes months if not depending on your level and what your goal is can take even years for some people um so i think now i, I would like to talk about three great idioms that people can use while they're in the US as this is an American special today. Mm -hmm. But the first idiom I'd like to introduce everyone to is to give props to something or someone. So that's to give props to something or someone. So do you have any idea what this means, Lena? Oh, yeah, in a certain <laughs> ways, you know. Yes and no. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, to be ap appreciative, to give thanks to somebody that is helping you yeah. out. It's, yeah, to give props to someone or something is kind of to show them appreciation, to be thankful, to recognize that they've done something cool or something good. So, um you could say, for example, you'd like to give props to your husband for being such an amazing husband. <laughs> right? I love to hear that. <laughs> um, so I'm sure you've got an idiom as well that, uh, that you wanted to introduce. You really like this oh, one. Yeah. So this what, is so me. So my idiom for today is disco nap. So what is a disco nap? <laughs> so the disco nap is... Uh, whenever you have something like late at night and you be awake, of course, at that time you're not used to, so you have your disco nap, which is a short nap in the, maybe in the middle of the afternoon or beginning of the evening for you to yeah. rest a bit before going to, you know, into your night program. Yeah, so it's, it's a nap to take before the party, right? So yeah. you're... You know that you're not going to sleep until late, so you take a, a disco nap in preparation. Oh, yeah. Um, okay, so we have one more idiom today, and this last one is to hit me up. So this is quite an informal idiom. Actually, all of them are informal, they I are, think, today. Yeah. Um, but to hit me up is something you might text someone, um, I think, most commonly. Uh, any ideas what this means, Lena? So hit me up, uh, it will be like, um, let me know, give me a message, uh, or, you know, make me aware of that, like, it's, it's really communication. Yeah, it's, it's saying communicate with me, send me a message. So hit me up, doesn't mean actually hit me, it means send <laughs> me a message, start communicating with me, um, it's, yeah. Send me a message, let's do something sometime, something mm -hmm. like that. So it's normally text to people. Um, okay. So I think that's everything for today, Lena, but thank you so much for being a special, special guest. <laughs> and <laughs> hopefully I'll see you again, Lena. Oh, yeah, definitely. Thank you so much, Richard, for this Take opportunity. Take care now. Bye-bye. Right. Take care. Thanks once again for listening to the Love to Learn English podcast. If you really want to help us grow, you can go to the Love to Learn English website, lovetolearnenglish.com, where you can find full transcripts with tips and vocabulary to help you speak English the way it is spoken on the streets. 
In addition, make sure that you leave us a rating on iTunes or whatever platform you're listening on. Thanks again, guys. See you in the next one.